Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. You know what? This is not a fake background behind me. I'm back in the radio studio, and it's great to be here. If you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, I think we're even trying to put Twitter into this broadcast. Please share these social media posts so more people can hear the show. We're going to be on for about 26 minutes. So a lot of good information that we're going to talk about on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. And if you know anything about our work or if you're new to the show, we talk about those issues in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And that's going to be no different today, that's for sure. But it is great to be back in the studio. If you're watching on YouTube, see that little bell there? Click that little bell and subscribe to our videos so you can continue to be updated when we do new videos, whether they're live uh, like today's is or whether they're recorded. We try to put together some good production work. We want you to be one of the first to hear about what's going on on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. We are the largest organization in the state of Texas that does this work in all 254 counties. We've got supporters of our work, and we're glad we've now got 12 members of our team. But enough about Texas values. We got a great guest today that you're going to want to hear from. State Representative Briscoe Kane is going to be our guest this week on the Texas Values Report. We encourage you, if you've got questions for him, put them in the comments section on social media. We'll try to see if we can get some of those answered. But, you know, really some very important information that we want to cover with Representative Briscoe Kane today because we know um, in his work as a state representative, he served two uh, terms in the legislature and certainly believed to be heading to his third pretty soon. He is a lifelong Texan. As a matter of fact, his legacy goes back uh, more than most, as it says, I believe, on his website. Uh, or runs deeper than most. I'll state it that way. But he's also um, been, his family has tremendous history that goes back to the Texas Declaration of Independence. He lives in the Deer Park area, pretty close to, to where I grew up, not far from there. I like to usually like to say under the shadow of the San Jacinto Monument. But we're going to talk about these issues that we care about. Briscoe, Representative Kane, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Hey, Jonathan, man, I love being on, dude. It's Hearing your voice is great. We've known each other for so long. Um, I, I just, the Lord's good to, to see where he's taken you and your continued uh, growth and reach of uh, being able to uh, spread the uh, Texas values and family values and, and Christian values to uh, the people of Texas and abroad. Well, there's no doubt. And look, you can say, dude, that's fine. We've been friends for a long time, even before you got elected to office. And, you know, it's, it's been great over the years being friends with you in Burgundy and also to see your family continue to grow. And, and look, you've been in doing important work uh, for, for many years prior to your time at the legislature, going to law school, working on important cases you and I have together. And so I know two issues. We're going to talk about three things today. Um, we're going to talk about what's been going on in religious liberty as it relates to things on the coronavirus coronavirus issue, but also what's been happening on the pro-life front. Um, it's died down a little bit, but some big news during this time period that really helped save a lot of lives. But there's no question we're going to have to talk about the Shelley Luther case, and we want people to stick around. That's in the second half. That's going to make you wait, but you've got to hear what Briscoe Kane has to say about it. He was one of the lawyers that helped secure freedom for Shelley Luther. This is the salon owner who was sent to jail. She was looking at maybe having to spend uh, Mother's Day in jail, but we'll get to that in a minute. Representative Kane, I will I will uh, refer to you by your formal title during this time period in our program, but you and I have worked on issues of religious freedom, pro-life. 
I know you have dedicated so much of your life to that. And we've seen a lot of these challenges come up during the coronavirus issue. But you've been right there in one of the most influential voices looking at protecting those freedoms for churches and nonprofits. And that's important to be a check on government officials at the local and at other levels. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and we're just going to keep doing it because that's why uh, that's what people put us here for. That's why, you know, your, your supporters put us there for is continue to be their their voice. And it, it should be really obvious that we're just doing what we said we were going to do. Right. Those things that people campaigned on and what they pledged for. And all too often do uh, people talk about it. They talk that good talk during the campaign season and then they go to Austin, they go to these legislative bodies and they do everything but. Um, and so we got to, you know, election of consequences. We need people to hold people's feet to the fire that if they're going to say they're pro-life during those campaign times, well, we expect them to take those actions. And so uh, let, let's further that fight for life going forward and, and empower the people with knowledge of how we can continue to uh, advance the cause of life in Texas and, and restore Texas back to being the most pro-life state. Because, as you know, we've been slipping and uh, we can't slip any further. Well, and let's talk a little bit about the pro-life issue. You know, that's some, an issue that uh, you've been involved in for quite some time. You and I have worked on some of those issues. You've helped expose a lot of corruption and a lot of, of really bad stuff that was going on related to um, issues that pro-life people care about, that all humans care about, or people in our state care about, where the government has been involved in different things that people didn't realize were going on that you and I, and really you led that effort to help expose a lot of those things. And so one of the things that was talked a lot about during this coronavirus pandemic time period is the fact that the governor came out and said that abortion clinics were, and the the attorney general as well, were a part of this list of groups that would not be doing medical services for a short time period temporarily to allow for more hospital space and resources. And the only entity that we're aware of that filed a lawsuit to stop this was abortion providers Planned Parenthood. They drug this issue out in court, but it didn't really go their way. Um, they, they had one little issue that they got uh, that sort of went their way, but for the most part, they lost on just about every front. And so that allowed people to see, while so many of us were trying to work on preserved life, there was Planned Parenthood and abortion clinics continue to focus on taking life. Exactly. It's amazing how uh, the left is, you know, tries to act like, uh, you know, well, no, we're not. You're not concerned with the health and of people, and you're not worried about how COVID-19 might affect lives. Yet you've got this uh, industry that's fully built around injuring women and hurting fathers and destroying families and and killing babies. They wanted to try and fill up beds or hospital equipment and take away medical professionals from uh, from what's going on. Uh, talk about hypocrisy, you know. Well, and look, great that we had the leadership of our attorney general. We also filed a brief in court at the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals um, that was filed by myself and a member of our team, Jonathan Mitchell, former solicitor general of the state of Texas, and really were able to get some good relief. That was a victory. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled several times that the abortion issue was no different than other temporary restrictions on church attendance and others, and that it was not essential health care. And so if we we looked at, it was probably about 14, 15 days where abortion clinics were ordered closed. The first time since Roe versus Wade, possibly, that across the board, abortions were not allowed in the state of Texas. And 
we think on average you got about 145 abortions a day based on 2017 statistics. And, you know, look, that that's devastating. But um, so if you look at 14, 15 days, possibly up to 2,000 lives were saved during that time period. Um, and, and that's the, you know, some of the leadership that we've seen in our state. But the ability, because we know we have members like you that'll back that up in the public. Yeah. Isn't that exciting that uh, for at least a short period, babies weren't being killed and you know, we need to continue that going forward, though, and, and stop it. So we got to keep that fight up. But uh, isn't that awesome? That, for, that, for that moment and the amount of babies that normally would have lost their lives, we were able to save those children. And uh, just the way, though, that they're treating abortion as if somehow it's it's healthcare and it, that it, it, it's uh, essential, right? They, they must have it, right? That it's uh, about life or limb. It's just really not, right? We're using now abortions become this thing of uh, of uh, just any time, right? On demand. It's it's just for pleasure, right? It's not about the life of the mother or health of the mother or safety, uh, but they wanted to deem that essential. And I think we helped send the message that is it's not essential, right? Well, speaking of babies, I got this great picture pulled up from one of your websites with your family. You and Burgundy, four good-looking babies. They're not babies in this picture. They're they're a little. Um, they've grown up a little bit. But look, I mean, there's no doubt. And, and as far as the significance of this uh, victory in court, the precedent in place that for temporary reasons abortions can be stopped. The Fifth Circuit recognizing that is important. I think there'll be important value to that precedent moving forward. And I also think it really you know, allowed people to see what matters to abortion um, industry, to the industry and Planned Parenthood, right? We're, we're up, you know, we're getting close to Mother's Day and you can see the focus really is not about the mother. It's about an opportunity to take the life of an innocent human being. And that's what their focus has been for quite a long time and continues to be. And we're grateful that we had a victory against them in court even if it was a, um, a short period of time. Well, look, let's talk about the big case. And we're, I'm going to talk a little bit about Mother's Day later. I'm also going to talk about how you can help support the work that we do at Texas Values, txvalues.org. Please consider making a donation to us. We are a nonprofit organization. The only way we can have a radio show like this and the other work we do is your support. But the big news really this week, you know, especially in Texas, and I mean, it was a national story, probably international to some extent, was – the clashing of issues out in Dallas. All right, we had a salon owner who was operating her business, trying to feed her family, trying to help people that are a part of her team feed their family, and got to a point to where she just couldn't wait any longer to open up. We knew that there was some thought that salons and um, hairdressers and so on were probably going to be opening soon, but who would know? And, and with a lot of the openings coming forward, you know, a lot of people thinking, what's the difference at this point, you know, between some of these different retail businesses? So she decided to open up a Dallas judge. I think everyone agrees, maybe except him, went too far. You know, they're they're um, allowing they're allowing um, inmates in some areas of the state to come out of prison, you know, because they were worried about the coronavirus. And here they decide to put this woman in jail, setting it up to where Shelly Luther to where she could have ended up in jail on Mother's Day. Briscoe, I noticed last night um, you were a part of this case. I think Warren Norred got a lot of attention. Surely a lot of attention was on Shelly herself and the Attorney General and others that, that offer their support. But you were right there behind the scenes helping make this happen. Talk to us a little bit about what you know and how exciting it was to have that victory yesterday. Yeah, so for about a month now, Warren Norred and I have been working on kind of finding the right vehicle uh, 
to stop some of these overreaches yeah. of government that are affecting the ability of people to provide for their families. In fact, with those who may have watched the that judge, Judge Moyer, he's the district judge of, I believe, the, the 12th District Court of uh, here in Texas, up in Dallas, that wanted her to apologize, right? What he was really wanting to do is her to apologize for being a mom. Her to, he wanted her to apologize for trying to provide for her family, to apologize for trying to make a way for her employees to provide for their family, to pay their mortgage and rents, you know, and uh, it's just disgusting. And so we finally found that vehicle and a woman that was bold and brave enough to stand up and say enough is enough, that uh, we're going to go and, and, and defy that. And, you know, I'll say, yes, it was uh, – um, a little bit of uh, civil disobedience, but nonviolent civil disobedience has a long history, a storied history in our nation, right? The the Sons of Liberty were, were doing an act of civil disobedience when they uh, conducted the Boston Tea Party, and we saw that through our civil rights era, et cetera, being willing to say uh, no. But one of the things that it does is it brings attention to a matter, and it successfully did so, that by her act, um, brought attention to a wrong that was going on, that some of these actions, uh, these executive orders, were, were too far and um, too prohibitive and didn't have any connection with, with health and safety, especially salons and things like that that are already very, very regulated, that have extremely high standards of, of um, sanitation and uh, making sure that things are done clean, right? We see that in any, uh, most of any barbershop, et, et cetera. And so it was exciting. Well, we, we filed that writ of habeas corpus um, the evening before, and the, the court responded uh, uh, pretty quickly. You know? No, they did. So, the Texas Supreme Court did respond very quickly. We're talking with State Representative Briscoe Kane. He is a Texas House representative that represents the east or southeast part of Houston, Baytown, Deer Park area, an area that I'm very familiar with, which was a part of my upbringing in just a really important area in not only in the state of Texas, but in the world. I mean, you think about all of the um, exporting and importing that goes through the Port of Houston. That runs right through the middle of your district, so to speak. But you found yourself involved in this issue in Dallas. You're a licensed attorney. Put yourself out there. And this was a really kind of an emergency motion, if I could describe people what a habeas corpus is, because that was a big question this week. Well, well, gosh, how can she be released out of jail if there's this, you know, executive order in place and the judge is enforcing it? And it did allow for jail time, even though the a lot of the story was that it was based on a contempt of court that they were holding her in jail, regardless of what some of those circumstances are. And you can talk about those a little bit, State Representative um, Kane. But a big question was, well, now how, you know, how can you get her out, particularly by Mother's Day? And so y'all filed an emergency motion. It made its way up to the Texas Supreme Court very quickly. And um, the Texas Supreme Court didn't waste a whole lot of time. It seemed to be like a, a pretty, I don't want to call it simple, but uh, a pretty straightforward issue for them. And, you know, great that they did in the time that they did, because uh, she certainly was getting close to, to the weekend coming around where there wouldn't have been an opportunity for relief. Yeah, that's correct. And I think because of the public outcry and the attention it got, I think it was it happened as quickly as it did. And um, it, it, speaking of which, when you, you had mentioned being held in contempt of court, that actually kind of matters. And we saw some of the people that were criticizing her saying, you know, well, you, you failed to follow an order of a court. Well, the reason she got out, and which will later be shown when the writ of habeas corpus is fully granted, is when there are errors in an order, in a temporary restraining order or an injunction, Certain errors make it as if there was no restraining order. And that order, without going into details, had one of these fatal errors in it, in which it is void. 
In fact, some of the courts would say it's as if it never even happened. You are free to ignore it. It is not an order because of um, the fatal flaws in it. And so just I think it's important to make that note that the problem with it meant it didn't exist. She was never restrained, so she was free to act as she did. And um, I'm glad she did it so that we could show uh, the problems with the order. Well, so Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton had weighed in on this issue, really urging the courts um, to allow her to be released. I know at some point Governor Abbott did a retroactive kind of motion to, to, to eliminate the ability for people to go to jail based on a violation of one of these executive orders. So a lot of elected officials at the top level, you know, Ted Cruz spoke out against it. Uh, to your point, a lot of grassroots attention about this issue. And it seemed like, you know, there, there was an agreement across the board in a lot of ways that this was just not right. But it took lawyers like you and Warren to get in there in court and to have the best ability to actually have a direct impact on this happening. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And so that's where the fights are sometimes. And um, that's, gonna, of course, where you cut your teeth as well and going to the courts and uh, they matter. Right. And that's, uh, I think, just a reminder. It wasn't uh, the plan here is for people to really pay attention to these judicial elections. And we got a lot of coming up. And in November, we need to make sure we retain the Republicans on the Supreme Court and on the Court of Criminal Appeals and in our counties, because we're we're suffering the the failure of, of people to know how really, really important those roles are. Well, there's no question about that. We're talking with State Representative Briscoe Kane. Let's not forget elections are coming up later this year as things start to reopen more and we kind of get back to our usual schedule. November is going to be a big deal. There's some um, runoff elections coming up in July for some House seats and Texas House seats in different parts of the state. You're going to hear us start to talk about that a little bit more to make sure people are educated so they can get out there and have their values represented at the ballot box and in representative government. But to your point, the case isn't over with Shelley Luther. Certainly a big deal that she was released for jail. I think we can probably all assume that the case is going to go away completely against her. And to your point, we'll, we'll hear about more details. But yeah, there's still a little bit more to do. So I, I imagine we'll we'll hear some updates from your team on um, you know the, the latest rulings from the court on whatever's left. Yes, we will. We'll make sure to give those to you as soon as possible when we find out what's going on. Absolutely. Well, look, we appreciate your work, too. I mean, you know, and and that's the ability to be able to respond quickly, to put a team together, to know what to file, to know how to get things, you know, the language in place. Boy, I watched some of the video yesterday when Shelly Luther walked out of the um, the jail there. And I don't I lost count of how many cameras there were. This has been a big story. But I do think it's a very a reminder of when people speak up, how quickly things can happen, how justice can can really fairly be served. And I think a great reminder for us on how we handle these issues moving forward and um, and really minimize, if not completely limit the ability for people to find themselves in this position and um, with the potential of going to jail. We appreciate your work on that issue. We appreciate your work on the religious liberty issue, also on the life issue. And we're looking forward to an upcoming legislative session where I bet you there'll be a lot of coronavirus related issues that the legislature will be looking at. Probably so, Jonathan. You know, real quick before you, you know, I have to drop off. I, I'd like to take a moment to brag about Texas values. Can I do that? <laughs> sure. Is that right? <laughs> so there are a lot of groups in Texas, and we've got several that are, you know, fighting for similar things. Um, but as a legislator, it, every day when the session's going on, there's there'll be bell, bells ringing that are letting us know to come to the floor that it's time to start. And when I'm going 
walking through what we call the lobby, literally where all these lobbyists are outside standing, waiting to greet legislators as they walk into the floor. There is one group that is always there, consistently, every time. They're there when the other groups are not. And it's sex and values. They're always there with a smile, greeting us, providing us information about things that are be going on that day and reminding us of those pledges many of us made during our primaries of standing up for life and for family values. And what y'all do is, is invaluable and it's needed. And I want to continue to see y'all there. And so I hope people keep helping you be there. And as to be able to be there, that requires money. And so if it's on your hearts, people, you want to give to an organization that is not all talk, that is about action. Well, Texas Values and Texas Values Action is that organization. And so we need to see you all there in this upcoming session. And, uh, and thank you for what you do. Well, I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, TXValues.org is the website where you can go and donate. You can put something in the mail, 900 Congress Suite L115, Austin, Texas, 78701. Uh, State Representative Briscoe Kane has been our guest today. And please tell Burgundy a very merry and happy Mother's Day to her from all of our team at Texas Values. I will. You know, we're having our fifth son in about 10 weeks now, late July, and uh, it is going to be a busy and full household. That's exciting. That's exciting. You, you almost, yeah, you, you could, that really up your numbers, you know, at the Capitol, get them to run around and rally some votes. Those guys are active. No, look, we, we're excited for y'all. Congratulations on the, the fifth uh, baby on the way soon. And we'll look forward to seeing those baby pictures uh, soon from, from you and Burgundy. Thank you, John. All right. God bless you. As a matter of fact, speaking of mothers, as we let Representative Kane uh, go, I got a picture of the two important mothers in my life, if I can put them up on Facebook. It's my wife, Rawan, and my mother, Denise. She's probably not watching. She's probably being a good employee and working. She's working from home uh, for a, uh, a uh, bank that she works for out of the Houston area. And so, but I just wanted to hold this up. I might be posting this later. And, um, so look, the role, and look, it's almost, and, and this is not taking anything away from fathers, okay? My, my work has gotten more detailed and busy at home, but you can imagine some of the additional burden on mothers during this time with a lot more kids at home and a lot of more homeschooling going on. And so, um, lo, you know, love the mothers out there. You know, I love the, the mothers in my life. There's no doubt how important they are um, at my home um, and, you know, my wife and also um, the role that my mother, Denise, continues to play in my life. And look, I mean, this is what we, when we talk about the life issue, right? This is, you know, while it obviously is a man and a woman that creates a child, we know the special and important role that mothers play and continue to play after the child is born. And so we continue to want to support those efforts, but also just continue to want to find ways to say thank you for the important role that mothers play uh, in our lives and continued, you know, throughout, uh, throughout our lives at, at whatever age. And so, uh, mom, if you're listening, if you're watching, uh, Rowan, maybe you'll, you'll get to watch it when it's taped later. Cause I know, uh, you've got some things you're doing right now. Uh, I love you. Happy mother's day and, uh, look forward to celebrating with you. And so I got to move to something else before I get emotional. Cause that's not what this show is about. I'm supposed to be strong, right? Tough. We got some great things that have happened this week though. We're encouraged by it as well. And so we're going to continue to give you updates on some of the work that we do and, and to continue to have great guests. You know, the past three or four weeks, we've had a, a great video interview with Ted Cruz, Lieutenant Governor Patrick on a teletown hall. We also had Attorney General Ken Paxton, and we've had some great leaders from other organizations and individuals that have been a part of our work. We hope you see value in what we do. It's great to be back here in the studio 
you know, as much as I like, um, you know, being at home, I, I was I left the house earlier today to get down here and I was trying to, you know, make sure I remembered how to get here. But I love being in the, you know, at home with the kids and, and being around and really having that time to sit down at lunch with my family. That's not something I usually do. It's a little the you know, the time it takes to get home during lunch from where I live and get back is not always all that conducive. And so I hope you've been enjoying that time. But you might be working on that transition of coming back to work, kind of getting into your familiar settings. And that's also the case for churches. There have been a lot of updates for churches on guidelines. One of the things I want to make sure I'm clear about, the 25% capacity rule for phase one of reopening for the state of Texas does not apply to churches. Now, that's not saying that you're required to have more than 25% or that it's not prudent to, to have that limit or that number, but you're not required to. And there are guidelines we have on our website, txvalues.org. Go to that website and check out the guidelines for churches, houses of worship. For a lot of churches, this is the first week that they're going to have a regular church service on Sunday or some on Saturday. I know that's the case for my church. I was able to go uh, to church to Mass earlier this week for a special um, church service that my children's school has, but there weren't that many people in there because it's not really broadcast uh, to a lot of folks. But the, the, this Sunday is going to be the first one that I'm going to have an opportunity to attend. That may be the case for you. You may want some updates on um, what those guidelines are. And we do recommend that you look at them and be fully aware of them um, because I know people have a lot of concerns. I want to make sure I do it the right way. I have concerns about liability. Then look at what the attorney general has put out and look at those details and let those serve you well. That's txvalues.org. You can check it out on our website. Um, also, we know that um, the 25% rule does not apply to weddings and funerals, I believe, that are at churches, even though they do in other venues. A lot of updates. I can't go through all of them. Txvalues.org. Um, and, and look, if your church isn't ready, that's fine, too. Please do not take any of our information as pressure uh, on churches to open. you got to figure out how you do it, but now you got the freedom to do it. And that's what's a blessing. We've been a part of that work all along. We're getting a lot of calls and emails. Continue to co communicate with us. If we can be a resource, we'll get through this with you. There's no doubt because we're having to adjust with the work we do. Um, but, but we do see a big turning in the corner. But uh, continue to look at our website, txvalues.org. Continue to see if you'd like to share this with other people so you can financially support what we're doing. And we're sure to have a great guest next week as we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom on next week's Texas Values Report. Talk to you then.